Hey, Jay. How's it going? How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Happy Friday. Happy Memorial Day Friday. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually didn't realize it was Memorial Day week until like Tuesday, like a few days ago. So a welcome surprise. Yeah, no, it, it kind of snuck up this year because um, we usually go, um, our, our family usually goes away uh, to our place in Virginia for Memorial Day. Occasionally, I, I've, in, in past years, I've, I've, back when we were in the conference finals every year, I, I would not <laughs> So I could watch, but like, you know, we would, uh, but of course this year, my, my dad's out hiking the Appalachian trail and, uh, my mom's out visiting a friend. So I'm kind of all by myself here and I'm just going to be chilling this weekend. So yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. It's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be like rainy out here where we are in DC too. Oh, oh, he, here too. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's not great. So, but I got, got to get off work at three and, um, so, uh, you got any plans? You're just going to be kind of hanging out. Yeah, similar to you, hanging out. I think, uh, I think, me, Evan, Raleigh, T. Some of us might try to play on. Uh, but I think Monday might be our only option, weather-wise. But uh, so that'll be good. Oh, yeah, we're all out of shape except for T. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it'll be fun. Well, that sounds like uh, pretty even then, except T's going to dominate everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? You're gonna how you're gonna, yeah, how you're gonna dominate. Um, I feel like every day is just gonna keep raining. It's crazy. Yeah, it's looking like Monday might be our only, yeah. only option. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think the purpose of this episode, we're gonna kind of touch on. I think this is. I lost track. I think this is episode seventeen. So, of the Clown Chat podcast. So, I think. Um, we're going to start with the Clippers and oh boy, what a disaster that is. And uh, it, of course they play again tonight. And, um, and then, and then we might touch on, you know, some other playoff stuff we find interesting. We're going to kind of just improvise as we go on that front, I guess. But, uh, and it depends on the time we have uh, to, of course, but so just starting with the Clippers, um, let, let's just say this is a disaster and I'm just going to be upfront, uh, because, I, I have to come clean. I have been a Clippers truther for the last two years. I have been all in on that team. I picked them for the championship last year. Uh, after they lost in the bubble, I pretty much wrote it off and was like, I don't think this is a legit indicator of what's going to happen next year. And then they made these changes in the offseason. I was like, hmm, I kind of see the logic to those. They get wrong with the deadline. Hmm, I think that's a really good move. And then I completely bought in again, picked them to win the championship again this year. They are down 2-0 to the Mavericks losing both games at home, which is pretty much the worst spot you can be in in a first-round playoff series. They're heading to Dallas, down 2-0 tonight. Um, Shree or, or T, what, what do you guys expect from the Clippers this series? Do they have any prayer of coming back? Um, I, I guess I'll start by saying uh, I was on the fence about who to pick this series when we talked a week ago. I really regret not being brave and uh, – going out on a limb and, and I think I said Clippers in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, I like Oh two, like losing the first two at home and then making it a competitive series. Like that's not out of question, but this team just like over their last five playoff games, they, they have just, I think they've at least in four of those five, they've had like 10 plus point leads like in the, at it seems just they do not look like they're having fun playing basketball. Um, 
I think this, you know, kind of shows that Doc Rivers probably wasn't the only problem. Um, I just, you look at some of these other teams playing like the Lakers and the Nets and Philly and Milwaukee, and they're just having so much more fun, you know, like things are going well, things are not going well. They just look much more cohesive and the Clippers, it's kind of just like a classic example of you can't just like throw together loose pieces of talent. Um, they have no defensive intensity. I mean, that, that's supposed to be this team's thing, right? Um, that last game, game two against Dallas, those were some of the easiest like playoff buckets I've ever seen a team get. Um, I, I don't want this to be all about the Clippers. I, I'm a huge Luka guy. I think he's right there in the top five argument. I think he's probably having the best playoffs so far. I mean, Dame is killing it. Jokic is... I, Jimmy but Butler's like, killing it. He's he's getting killed. <laughs> he's getting killed. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think this is you know like uh, people always talk about like 07 and LeBron beating the beating the Pistons and like having us twenty. Um, that was the year I think he had uh, scored like twenty eight points in a row or whatever, twenty five in a row, twenty eight of the last thirty to beat the the Pistons. This kind of feels like this might be Luca's like um, ascension, right? And it's like I was saying in the last podcast, this is not surprising. This dude dominated last series um on a bum ankle he had three 30 point triple doubles i think maybe two um that 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 crazy game winner a 40 point triple double like yeah, dallas is a good team but yeah the clippers are just it's disappointing i mean i'm i'm i poke fun at the clippers all the time because i know jake likes them but like yeah it's it's bad um i, I don't really see a I'll probably regret this in a week, just like I regretted not picking the Clippers last I'll see okay. for them to really come back. Um, I think they might split like that. I could see that happening, but then it's 3-1. And I mean, this team couldn't win with a 3-1 lead. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust them with a 3-1 deficit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's yeah. my take. T, what are your thoughts? Um, so I, I, don't, I don't really remember as well. Uh, who I picked? Am I I might have picked Clippers in seven, but I definitely remember saying that like I don't have faith in this team. Um, I said I was watching them; they were playing a lot of a lot of ISO ball. They played like they didn't really know how to really you know get each other going. Um, and at the end of the day, I kind of you know just because it's the Clippers, I just gave them the pass, knowing that I, or not knowing, but thinking that oh you know from last year they're gonna do some some great things you know earlier this season we talked about it in an earlier podcast when i was saying things like you know paul george is definitely going to be doing a lot better da, 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 da. but i mean paul george is averaging about 25.5 points a game um five assists nine rebounds like that's not bad but it's everyone behind paul george that's kind of slacking that's kind of what it is when there's not a lot of defense being played, when, like Shree said, this is a defensive team, uh, and Luca's just going off on you, and the rest of the team is going off, and I'll say something in a second, it just, it, you just, you can't really do anything. Here's what I was going to say. Uh, Tim Hardaway, and I said this last podcast, Tim Hardaway, if he's the X factor of the game, that's when, you know, you're screwed. Because, I, like I said, I've been watching Tim Hardaway since, you know, he played in New York, um, and I see him always going off. For some reason, he always goes off in Miami. Uh, and he's actually ad- averaging about 24.5 points a game in the last two games. And 
that's kind of the scary part about it. I didn't think that Christopher Singles was going to be the one who's scoring 25 a game. But as long as he's uh, semi-healthy, he's giving you decent minutes, uh, he's giving you 17 points a game, um, I think that that's kind of how it was with the leadership of uh, Luca and Tim Hardaway kind of being the second option, honestly. Uh, Jalen Brunson is doing well. Uh, DFS is doing well. Like, it's just... I just feel like there's always a chance because it's only two games, you know, and that's kind of how it was with Miami until we lost yesterday. I was like, there's, there's only two games. You can come back and come back. But uh, now it's in Dallas. If they win this third one, then it's definitely over. That's just kind of how it is. They're not coming back from a 3-1 or a 3 zip de- uh, deficit. But, yeah, that's kind of how yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, good points by by both you guys. The, the one thing I'll say, just to just to say one nice thing about about this on the Clippers side before we go back to, you know, kind of the Clippers doomerism here. Um, I will say on Dallas's part, I think some of the shooting numbers are are probably a little unsustainable. They may come down uh, throughout the rest of the series, um, which may make it a little easier on the Clippers. But I think it's too late. I, I think this team's just I, I think they're I think they're shot I, I just don't think they're they're gonna have what it takes to, to fight back from this deficit and um you know it, it's hard it's hard to pinpoint really kind of what what it is here it's just if I think it's just defense because it's like it's like last year Kawhi and PG kind of choke were choking on offense at the end I don't really think that's the case this time at all I mean you look at Kawhi in, in, in you know the last game, I mean he was going yeah, on. He, he was great, yeah. I mean, so so on the offensive end, but it's I, I think it comes back to the fact that you look at before last season, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard were billed as like this '96 Bulls caliber, like you know, wing trio on defense, basically. And yeah, that, that it's not that, and, and and maybe it's because guys like Kawhi and PD are focusing a little bit more on their offense, but like. I just don't think that's lived up to the billing at all. And um, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think there's some, you know, rotation things they could be, you know, you know, they may have, they may be a team, you know, that might've benefited from a little bit more of like, obviously this regular team was a slog for everybody, but we, we all know that their stars like miss a lot of games in the regular season and stuff like that. And, you know, they may have benefited from maybe figuring out a little bit more during the regular season what works here and what doesn't work but at the same time they've kind of had a couple of years to do that with most of the pieces there and you know i i, I just don't know i, I again as someone who picked the clippers to win the title i think dallas is i think dallas has this uh i i think you know i was watching like i said i watched watching a couple uh plays specifically especially when it was getting close down to the, the end of the game and you know patrick beverly was the one who was heading off uh luca I understand, like, everyone thinks that, you know, Patrick Beverly is savant, but at the end of the day, he's only 6'1". <laughs> like, like, and Luca is 6'7", and he's built like a refrigerator. Like, that's yeah. just kind of how it is. So, it, there was not a lot of uh, a double teaming at the end of the, at the end, some, at the end of the, the uh, game. Um, they were just trying to do a head-on, like, hey, I'm just going to guard him. But I understand why they weren't doing a lot of uh, double teaming, um, because, like I said, or like, or like Jake said, there was a lot of like inflated three-point shooting. Um, Maxi Kleber shooting seventy-five percent from the three, 
Dorian Finney Smith is shooting 55% from the three. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting 64%. Um, KP, 44. And Luca, who was like below league average last year, right? Or this year, uh, he's shooting 41%. So everyone is just shooting lights out. Um, I don't think that it's going to last, but I think they're still going to shoot somewhere around that. I don't think they're going to shoot like 64%, but like everyone is just eyeing Luca. If well, they, they follow Luca's lead, so if Luca's fucking killing it, like everyone else is going to kill it because that's all you have to pay attention to. So no one's going to really guard that. And again, like I said, with Patrick Beverly only guarding him, like he doesn't. Like like Luca isn't super flashy. He has like the most simplest moves that gets everyone, and I don't understand how it is. So I like to like me myself as a basketball player. I like to actually <laughs> see what I can do because I'm not as like explosive as you know I don't know LeBron or something like that. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the but, thing with Luca is like um, yeah. it, it's um, one that I it's not as easy as just doubling him because he's like Jokic. In addition to being like top five, top 10 scorers, they're both also top five passers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. It's, he, it's very much like LeBron, honestly, like the way Luca plays right now reminds me of old LeBron, <laughs> like uh, in terms of athleticism. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the comp I've heard is um, he's kind of like Harden, right? Like with his moves, mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah. Harden has like tighter handles than Luca for sure. But like, the, they're both like 99th percentile for like deceleration, right? And like <laughs> yeah. Luca's bag is just unreal, like for any NBA player, but let alone a 22 year old. Like the the step backs, the one legged Dirk fadeaways. Do you see that one where he was like he just That's dribbled great. it up? Like yeah, 18 seconds on the shot clock. He like shot off his left or his right foot, like going left. It was like that was just like all right, that is disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's also, like, he's he's been here before. Um, mm-hmm. He's been in the playoffs before. Like, he's been in the playoffs in the EuroLeague when he was, like, 16. So, I don't think he's afraid of the moment. And also, like, he, I think he – I mean, he really hates this Clippers team. Yeah. Um, like, what happened last year, um, I you know, with, with all the Marcus Morris and, like, Luka getting hurt and them not being able to, to pull through and then – also, this year, like, <laughs> the Clippers tanking down to want to play them again. Um, that's, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, crazy. I feel like if, even if you don't even get a double team, you can get either the other two better de- defenders who are also capable of guarding him into, like, defending Luka instead of, like, yeah. doing some... Like, why can't Patrick Beverly guard, uh, I don't know, any other person on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter. I mean, he's, he's that that that's a hard matchup to watch. Luca's just yeah. Luca also tends to cook Paul George. I think Kawhi is the one that um anybody. The... <laughs> Literally. But yeah, the, the whole NBA, I think like I've only really seen like Ben Simmons be able to slow him down on ball. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that really is just I, I don't know how he got his reputation as like a defensive <laughs> guy. He's he's scrappy, but I've never seen him really shut down a star i mean i've seen him get i've seen him get in people's heads but um he's definitely not luca's head <laughs> yeah i mean so i i'm just gonna say this i have a challenge to issue to Kawhi Leonard. um 
So right now I have, and this is controversial, but Kawhi Leonard going into the, these playoffs is my number two best player in the NBA behind LeBron. Let me tell you, that spot is up for grabs right now. Kawhi, if you want to keep that spot, find a way to bring your team back in this series, and from tip tonight, you guard Luka man-to-man and you shut him down. If you're really that great of a defender, let's <clears throat> guard him and shut him down. You're he's not going to be able. Guy. He's not going to be able to do that. Okay, well then, like I don't know, you got to at least try. Like, 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 like they got to try something here. Patrick Beverly ain't going to get it done. They got they got to put Kawhi on him from the jump. That, that's you guys think they should good. start Rondo instead of Beverly? Oh, absolutely. They should have been doing that the whole time. I mean, is he is Rondo doing any any better? Yeah, I, I, that's something I've heard a lot. But like, I, I like the last game was a shootout. Like the Clippers put up seventy five in the first half. I don't think offense was necessarily the problem. Um, late game execution was a problem, but yeah, I'm not sure that. Do you think it's Ty Lue's fault? I do think Rondo's a better player than Beverly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Beverly doesn't really – I agree with that. He's kind of just running around, not doing much, it seems like. I think he had, like, four points, got cooked every time by Luka. Um, Ty Lue, I <sighs> – I, I don't I don't know if I'd say it's his fault, but he definitely doesn't seem like he's inspiring. And I don't know if any coach can. That group just does not seem like they mesh well together. Like when you look at that team, do you do you uh, do you get the sense that like the role players, like the Morrises and the Ibakas, like respect Paul George and Kawhi as leaders? No, because we we heard about this last year. Kawhi Leonard is not really that much of a leader. I mean, I think he tried to put his best foot forward this year, uh, but like that's just you know some people are like actual vocal leaders and some people aren't. Mm-hmm. And Paul George isn't the same. They're like one and the same when it comes to like being like a quiet leader. Like yeah. yes, you're the best players on the team, but you're not someone who can like rally the troops. Mm-hmm. You, you know, even like Udonis Haslam, he hasn't played. A game in like 16 years. <laughs> I saw him drop but, four points the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And he got ejected, my man. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, like he's someone you can like count on. He's the last dude on the bench still yelling at his team who's number yeah, one, like yeah. first option, second option, just because that's you have to like earn that respect. And again, you just have to be a vocal leader. Like, do you see yeah. Ben Simmons being a vocal leader? No, Not and, and much, I, I don't think uh, yeah, it is. I don't think that every player has to, like I don't think every great player has to be a vocal leader. Like yeah. it's okay if that's not your style. Like yeah. Kawhi does well when his job is to get buckets and play defense, right? And yeah. he, he's not a playmaker. He's not the kind of guy that's gonna like maybe hold people accountable. Um like in the same way that like LeBron would. Or even like Yeah. Um that's why I'm interested to see like if when the Nets face some adversity probably in the next round if you know when they're not just beating up on injured an injured team um i'm curious to see like who steps up for them or if you know maybe they won't even face adversity until the finals with that team yeah but... it's a whole different conversation but no one's stepping up for them like that team is just the softest collection of players i've ever seen in my life damn <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that yeah yeah, no, no. I mean, it, it, I, I'm an extremist when it comes to that team. I, I, but I, I'm going to say this about Luca too. Like, I, I, I did hear something, and I, I know Bill Simmons is not the most popular figure in our chat, but I think he, he made a good point on a podcast recently. Um, and he basically said that with like an all-time great player, they often make their first run before you expect. 
And, um, you know, I think LeBron's first run to the finals was kind of like that um, in 2007. You guys are going to roll your eyes to hell with this. But I think um, I think when Brown and Tatum made the conference finals in 2018, like that was way before anybody expected, especially with all the injuries. Um, for them to care, not for them to make it that far because of what else was on that team, but for them to like be the leaders in getting them that far was unexpected. I think this is Luca's moment. I expect them to win the series. I expect them to win in the next round. I expect Luca to be in the conference finals, which is, you know, way before anybody would have expected. Um, so, yeah, yeah I mean, I, go ahead, Tiff. Right. I was just, I was just going to, I wasn't even going to talk about that. I was just going to say like, like kind of stemming from what you were saying, like it's Kawhi or Paul George going to be able to guard him. And Lucas, like, like, like you said earlier, he's super crafty that he can get these guys into foul trouble probably like relatively early. So you do that. And now your guy who's supposed to be the best scorer on your team, the people who actually depend on for scoring is out for, you know, large minutes of the game. So do you want to do that or do you want to just let him score and hopefully maybe at the end of the, of the uh, matchup, you guys are still close that you can start locking them up a little bit more. Be a little yeah, bit I, more I, I think that's a strategy, right? Like, like let him, like let Luca kind of do his thing and then just try to stop everybody else. Yeah. That, that's an interesting point. They I mean, I, I think there's, there's that. And there's also like, um, it is really tiring asking your best player to shut down the other team's best player and also put up 40 so, points a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a combination of those two things is, I mean, also you just want to throw him different looks, right? Like there's, I don't think there's one player in the league that you could just put on Luca the whole game and like, he'll have like 14 points on like five of 19 shooting or something. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to keep throwing different looks at him. You got to trap him. You got to double him sometimes and then like see if the other dudes are knocking down wide open shots. They got to just try new things. It seems like they're like, they're just getting like Dallas is getting every switch they want, right? Like, every time I look up, it's like, why is Pat Bev on Luca one-on-one again, right? Like, exactly. that's an easy um, what, what did you mention, Jake, before? I, I had something in mind. Oh, Luca's um, run yeah, is, like, is this his time? I actually, I'm on record as saying I think they would have won last year if um, if things worked out for them injury-wise. Won at all? I've been a Clippers skeptic and a, and a Lucas stand. Um, so I, I definitely think that, yeah, he's primed. Um, I think I like, I think Dallas is about on the same tier as a Murray list nuggets or, or the Blazers right now. Um, I could see any one of those three teams making the conference finals from that side. Um, but yeah, yeah I agree. on the Mavericks. If the Mavericks, oh, win, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, I got mixed up. Uh, they play the part the Jazz or the Grizzlies. Um, yeah, I could, I could see, I could see, I could see Utah, you know, um, I could see Dallas beating Utah or, or Memphis also. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for Luca. Um, and you know, the league would absolutely love a LeBron versus Luca conference finals, be like a yeah. Brady and Mahomes type of marketing, <laughs> old versus new. Damn yeah. right. Well, I suspect we'll, we'll be getting to, you know, you know Le- Le- LeBron and that side of the back. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, so I guess it depends what you think of Utah. T, I know you're very high on, on Utah, so, so you may not think that's going to be so easy for Luka. But Let's go. I, I'm with you, Shri. I, I anticipate I, – I would pick the Mavs now to come out of that side of the bracket. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Utah's good. I think it would, I, I could see um, – He's going six or seven. Yeah, I think that would be a good series. And, you know, like I said, it – it's really hard to bet against like transcendent players. Um, 
when they're sort of like coming coming to their own or in their prime, right? Like it's it's really hard to bet against LeBron right now. It's really hard yeah. to, and that's how I feel about, it, right? Like he's a dude that like steal a series i think um even against a better team like the jazz top to bottom are a better team and yeah you guys are right the shooting is it's unsustainable um it's not going to keep up but um and, and we'll see like they've only lucas only ever played the clippers in the playoffs so hey like maybe maybe that's just a good matchup for him um it, it, you'd think it wouldn't be right because the whole thing with the clippers is like they're supposed to have the best wing defense um like historically or like in the yeah. last however many years um so, so yeah, it's like I don't know. Maybe, maybe for some reason, Luca just plays well against the Clippers, or maybe it'll be the opposite. Where like, like oh, like once Luca beats this team, it's like everything else will look easy. Like other teams won't have like all NBA defensive wings to throw at Luca. So like, uh, I don't know. I could see it going either way. But I don't know. They, they got to take care of business first. Like, I don't know if they lose tonight. If 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 like, start playing like they have some sense of urgency. If 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 their shooting sort of crashes back down to earth, they could, you know, lose tonight and then it'd be two one and then it's a series again. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's only like I said, it's only two games. Like they can, you know, figure it out, quotation marks, and then actually, you know, execute and that do well. Like you just never know with this. Again, but if they're down three zero, then that's something different. But it still can go either way. It just looks bad now because it's not their home team or it's not the home team. Uh, the Clipper, If the Clippers win the next two, then now we're like, okay, it's all even. You know, We'll probably have a different narrative in, in a week or something like that. So we just never know. Yeah, I think it's just um, – it's hard. If you look at their last four playoff – their last five playoff games, right, is three in a row last year where they blew multiple <laughs> – where they blew double-digit leads in the second half. I think yeah. they blew a double-digit game one, and they just didn't look inspired in the second half. It's it's like if it's like a, if they're fighting and like losing on buzzer beaters or in overtime, or like they're you know just like two really good teams executing, and one of them has to win and the other one has to lose. That's one thing, but like it's something has to happen, right? Like some yeah. someone has to like like pull a Marcus Smart and just like curse out the whole team in the locker room. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't see Kawhi doing that. I don't see Paul George doing that. I don't see Ty Lue doing that. I don't know. They like Rondo was supposed to step up and be that leader type for them, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. Yeah, yeah. So from what I've heard, Rondo's kind of looked at the. Of course, Rondo, you know, was a big part of the Lakers last year, right? And I think he's kind of come over and seen how the Clippers are something. From what I've heard, and he's kind of just been like, "What the fuck are these dudes?" Doing? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of like, I don't think he has too much respect for the players on that team. And I think that's kind of impacting his ability to lead on the team. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, TT, that's definitely a fair point. Like, you know, obviously, you know, all it takes is one win to kind of put the fair But It is very rare. It's very rare for a home, home team to lose its first two games in the playoffs. But it's also very rare for the for the home back like it's it's just something you don't really see i mean it's just like examples like this like this feels a lot more like when the um the pelicans and the and the blazers had their series a couple years ago and the um and the blazers choked those home home games and end up getting choked this feels more like that than anything that could be in a company i don't know i mean we'll Uh, yeah 
the Clippers um, future a little bit um, before we move on to some other series, just because that's going to be a hot topic here, especially if they lose in this round or get swept or, you know, who knows? Um, so just going around, like, do you guys expect Kawhi Leonard to stay with the Clippers? Shri, you go first. Uh, yeah, I can get to that in a second. The other thing I was going to say is, um, yeah, go ahead. Dallas, Dallas, is, Dallas is home tonight. Um, they got 15,000 fans tonight. So, Definitely, out of out of the three games tonight, that's the one I think I'm gonna try to tune into the most. Um, a lot yeah, on the I mean, line here. Um, Luka, yeah. Simple. Just flip on ESPN. Don't tune into ABC at all. Just flip on. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Good advice. Um, anyway, uh, I I think Kawhi is gonna stay. Um, I just I haven't like been reading too many of the rumors or anything, but based on everything I've heard so far, it's he, you know, he's he left a winning situation in Toronto because he really wanted to be in, in Southern California. Um, yeah. I don't. He seem he seems like a guy that doesn't have anything really left to prove in the league, right? Like he has two Finals MVPs. I think he has two Defensive Player of the Years. He, he's a first, easily a first battle Hall of Famer. Right? He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to really like. He seems happy just being on a pretty good team every year. Um, I like, yeah, I would be surprised if he left just based on what it seems like his goals are. And he's like a, a hard guy to read, I'm sure. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's leaving. Um, okay, point taken. T, yeah. what do you think? Um, what do you expect? And then I'll go. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's leaving. Uh, just because, like you said, he just wants to stay in L.A., like he left uh, a championship team to to leave, but I mean LeBron did the same thing. Um, but at the same time, no one wants to be in Toronto, so maybe there's a chance that he'll go to somewhere a, a little sunny or you know just a bigger brand, bigger name, or something like that. I think if they lose this year, I think he should leave. I don't think he will, but if he, if I you know suggest that he does leave, uh, he should go to. Miami, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Miami Heat fan. I'm just saying that so he won't be, you know, under the shadow of LeBron. Like no matter what he does, even if he says I'm the king of LA, the new king of LA, whatever that, whatever. Like LeBron and AD are going to be there until the end of their contracts. So I just think that he should leave and you know start anew and get a fresh team, or you can go to the Knicks, whatever feel like a big uh, organization to them. That he can be the star of the, of the actually can't even do that because they're in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, just go to Miami. <laughs> just go to Miami. Yeah, Not I mean, even though. So I, I agree with you guys. I think he's. Um, I am going to throw out some destinations in a second, possible destinations in a second, but um, because I have three of them. Uh, but I I ex- do expect him to stay. I think that's the most likely scenario, just because sure, a lot of what you said. Like I think he. You know, he, he, he's won a couple titles, and I think, you know, at this point he, he wants to live in Southern California. I think the Clippers organization kind of fits his personality. Like, they're the number two team in the city. They don't have all the flash that the Lakers have. And that kind of fit, fits Kawhi. He, he's kind of a quiet guy. Like, um, so, um, I, you know, I think he wants to be there. Um, I will say this. I don't think the Knicks would be where he would go. Um, and, and, and a lot of people were probably higher on that team's you know, future than I am, but um, I I have three spots. So, T, I agree with you that Miami would be a spot um, for sure. 
obviously that'd be a hell of a big three. They have to lose Dragic and you have to figure out something to play hard. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a group there. Um, Golden State, I think, would be a destination, and basically how that would work, Kawhi would opt in, and then the Clippers would trade Kawhi for Wiggins, and then you know one of you know one or two of some combination of the Warriors lottery picks and Wiseman would go to the Clippers. That could be a possibility. You know, that's kind of similar to what Chris Paul did with the Rockets officially a few years ago. So that could be something that if Kawhi wanted to, you know, kind of go play with Steph. And, um, obviously, that team would be insane. They got him. Um, then my last would be the team they're playing right now. Like, the Mavs have max cap space. And, it, it, you know, like on court, that could be a hell of a spot for Kawhi because, like, you wouldn't have to worry about being like the Right? He could just go team up with Luca, and he could just focus on scoring and playing defense. Luca's the leader, so and you know, they still have Porzingis. Like they'd have to, there'd obviously be some cuts there, like Hardaway would be back, but that would be that would be pretty insane to happen. But I do expect him to stay. One thing roster wise um, is I if, if the Clippers keep Kawhi, something's got to change there, obviously. So one of two things I could see, one would be the possibility of like a Paul George trade if there's like a similar player. Like I've heard Brandon Ingram mentioned as a possibility. If there's like a similar caliber player on another team that, you know, just kind of like a change of scenery trade, that could be a possibility. Another thing I would look at, this would be the thing I think definitely is going to happen. They have some contracts they're kind of sitting on their roster. I would expect them to pursue because they don't have a ton of assets. But what I would expect them to do is kind of pursue one of these, you know, expensive big name point guards on bad contracts. Like uh, one name I would definitely think for them would be a possibility is John Wall. They could package like Luke Kennard, Patrick Beverly, and someone else and go get themselves John Wall and um, see if he can kind of uh, give them some more playmaking and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about all that. Um, so, I guess, I guess that'd be all thoughts before we move on. Yeah, I mean, I think Miami makes sense from a fit perspective. I agree that he doesn't seem like the type of person to want to go to the Knicks. Um, is there any cap way that, like, uh, that that he goes to the Lakers? Like, is that um, I haven't heard anything about that. But is that um, what if he's just like, I want to stay in LA, but the Lakers actually know how to build around their superstars? <laughs> so, yeah, well, Shri, I. I, I some breaking news just came across uh, Russell Westbrook's questionable for game three, so I'm sorry. To that. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. That series is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> F, F in the chat for all of our teams. None of us are going to win a single game yeah. in the first round combined 0 and 12. That's crazy. Well, so I um, I don't know if he's he would go to the Lakers. Like I, I just don't think that's him. I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. I think he wants to try to beat LeBron. Um. So I yeah, guess, the, but, but by that logic, is, isn't it like kind of strange to go team up with Luca? I mean, I, I know yeah, LeBron I mean, is the top I, dog, but to go team up with Luca, but I think it would be more likely than him going and teaming up with LeBron. I, it's kind of different because LeBron's a guy that he Kawhi's been battling with for years, whereas Luca's kind of the young guy. So I don't know, but yeah. So, so as far as the Lakers, I think the big thing for them would be if, if they made a move like this, they would have to find a way to. Number one, Schroeder couldn't come back. Number two, they'd have to find a home for Kuzma. 
And I think they'd have to find a home for, for Montez Harrell. And then if they did those things, then it, it could start to become in the conversation. I don't know if they'd have enough room. Kawhi might have to accept a little under the max, but like I think you could kind of finagle a way where if he really wanted to go there, he could go there. I just really wouldn't expect that to happen. But that's yeah, just that me. It's a possibility um, for sure. And that, yeah, that might be his only option if he wants to both stay in L.A. and also play for a winning team. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, I think, you know, if he, if he really wants to stick it out, I, I wouldn't say the Clippers have no options. I don't think they had great options, but like the idea yeah. of getting like a, 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 like, like if they could do like a three for one and get like a John Wall kind of piece, you know, that might be worth a try. You know, I mean, John I, Wall's got two years left on his contract, you know. I yeah. also heard Golden State. I mentioned Golden State, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Anyway, yep. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else there. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Golden State. If Golden State got Kawhi, that would be a, that would be pretty insane, um, for sure. Uh, T, any follow up thoughts? That is all. Okay, so what what series do you guys want to want to talk about next? Do you want to do you want to T, T? Do you even want to talk about what happened last night? I mean, we can. I mean, I would probably will, you know rant a whole bunch, but other than that, I mean, okay, well, T, let's give you the floor. Uh, Claim your thing. <laughs> I'm <always>. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, so I, I, first of all, I watch and listen to a lot of Miami Heat stuff, podcasts, you know, articles, things like that every day. Like if I'm biking or working out or something, that's usually what I listen to slash look at. Uh, even on Twitter, like I'm just like one of the biggest Miami Heat fans ever. Um, with that being said, I thought that we would crush this team yesterday. Um, 17,000 fans in the arena. You know, all the, the interviews that people were saying, Tyler Hero was like, oh, we're built for this. You know, Goran Dragic was like, oh, yeah, we don't worry, we got this. Jimmy Butler's unfazed. You know, uh, Eric Spolstra saying dumb shit, you know. And I was like, all right, let's do this. First quarter, we are down – but we're not down by too much. But we only had 14 points in the first quarter. And I was like, fuck, this is not going to be good. Because usually when we're not – we were playing decent defense, but we just weren't making anything. Then the second quarter went down, and it was just like missing, 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 missing. And now no defense. And now in the third third quarter, same thing, fourth quarter, same thing. And I'm just like looking at this game, and I'm just like – what the hell is going on with, like, my team? Um, Jimmy had 19, and I think Bam had 16 or 17 points. And Bam finally looked like he was wanted to play, but at the same exact time, he was still garbage, you know? And the rest of the team, like, Goran Dragic didn't score. Like, he got, like, eight or nine points. Uh, Duncan Robinson couldn't make anything i think he they said that he was like 16 point uh percent from the three like it was just not a good game for anything and oh the 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 guy i forgot who it was who was it marv alvin yesterday who's the I, maybe I, okay. I don't know i mean he he gets names wrong and stuff all the time you know uh, yeah, I think it was marv. <laughs> yeah okay so mr marv was like absolutely killing Tyler Hero. It might have been the funniest thing. And he was like, he's four for 20 in the last three games. He's, 
every time you break the shot, he was just counting up. I'm just like, yo, this dude is my my man. This is like his last season of the year, and he is firing on all <laughs> cylinders when it comes to Tyler Hero. Um, it was it was an upsetting game. I don't think that we're gonna win game four. I don't care if we win game four. I might not even watch game four, honestly. I might just have it on while I play video games or something like that, because it was just like such a, a, a disaster. Like we had Dante DiVincenzo starting, played nine minutes in the game, didn't do anything because obviously he got injured, and they still like fucking beat us. I'm not saying that he's like end all be all, but like <laughs> they had Brent Forbes, Connaughton, Portis, like they put Noara, they put Jeff Teague in for like a few minutes, like garbage minutes, and like we just couldn't do anything. Like our team was just absolutely garbage. And the bad thing about it is like who do we blame? Do we blame Coach Fosha? But at the same time, it's like like he can't do anything. Like I understand, like there's not a lot of uh, coachable moments or or schemes or strategies that you can pull out. Honestly, in my in my opinion, because you have the team that you have. You know, there's not anyone else left on the bench. Who are we going to pull? We are we going to pull like uh, 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 Vincent or Achua? Like they're like they're not going to do anything. Are we going to pull Haslam and Akpala? Like they're not going to do anything. So the the worst thing about it is we had Middleton scoring 22. We had Holiday scoring 19, and we have no perimeter defense. You know. They were going against like the the white dudes and like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and Robinson, and just freaking dominating these dudes. And it was just sad to see because it just pissed me off that you know Victor Oladipo wasn't able to be on the team. Like we we traded Olenek, we did everything that we could to get Victor Oladipo, um, or uh, what's his name from Toronto, Lowry from Toronto. We got them, we got one of them. And he wasn't able to make it more than four games in the in the season, you know. So then, when we have to actually face people who are, you know, good, <laughs> we, we were left with Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, who is thirty six years old, thirty five, thirty six years old, and Duncan Robinson, who they can't play defense. You know, we have a lot of one, uh, I don't not one track minded, one sided players. Everyone plays offense or. Everyone plays defense, but they can't play both. You know, we don't have a lot of two-way players. We don't have anyone who's able to really play and defend and do anything other than shoot. You know, they can't go inside. They can't play make. They can't They can't defend. They can't do anything. So it's just I don't know why. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for Milwaukee, you know. Like, we beat them last year. But at the same exact time, you know, I knew that it was going to be a lot different because, you know, they didn't have Corver, they didn't have Marvin Williams, they didn't have uh, the dude that was on uh, a Wesley Matthews, all these like 34, 35-year-old people that they took away and actually brought people who can actually run, you know, who can actually defend, who can transition like offense and defensively. And it's just, it's just sad to see that, you know, my team literally got spanked every game, you know. The first game... Everyone thought, oh, I thought, oh, we got them. I was like, oh, we got them. Like, we got them. I know that we lost by, what, two points or whatever. But, like, if we're if they're doing this, like, oh, it's it's over. And then the second game, they just, like, 
beat us by record setting points and then the third game we just like I'm just waiting for the next game. Are they gonna beat us by 85? Like what's gonna happen? Giannis is gonna say, fuck it, let me practice on these dudes and shoot shoot 10 for 13 from the three or something. Like I'm just super upset about like having a team that like 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 we said about the Clippers, their main thing is defense and I haven't seen anything like defensively. And now our people who are supposed to be offensive players, like last year, they were top five in three-point shooting and also offensive rating. They they can't do any of that. So I just don't know. And then like I can just pick apart everybody. But the person that I wanted to pick apart, not it's not Bam, it's not Jimmy, not Goran, it's fucking Trevor Ariza. This fucking dude. At, like I think this statistic, I need to look it up later on. But every time he goes in, he goes in for a layup like six times a game, and he never makes one. I never understand. And, and he always yells, he does that fucking sound. And it pisses me off because he's going against these trees, and you don't have any finishing moves. Like you're 35, 36 years old trying to go inside against someone who's seven foot and that other Giannis who's 6'11. Like, and you don't have any finishing moves. You're not a layup. You're. Your goal, your role in what was it, Orlando? He was on Orlando and and also the Lakers. You're a catch and shoot person. You're a three and D. Like that's what you want to do. I don't know what made him become this new inside. Like I, I don't know. And there was a, it was like one of the, one of the things that, that he did earlier in I think it was the second or third quarter. It might have been the second quarter because I think it was half, about to be halftime. Three seconds left. He had the time to shoot. He said, "Nope, I'm gonna go inside." And then he had enough opportunity to shoot right in the mid-range, like in about two seconds. He decides after about one second to pass it to somebody, and the game and the, and the shot clock or uh, the game clock went down to zero. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Is this thing like? And I think Miami. I, sorry, this is the last thing I say. I think Miami. They do that a lot. They try to play unselfishly, and it gets them into trouble. You know, like we said with the Clippers, they play a lot of ISO as me, me, me. Miami is the exact opposite of that. They're like, here, you take the ball. No, you take the ball. You take the ball. And, like, there's multiple times when I've seen, you know, Bam or Jimmy or, again, Trevor go inside. They can get a easy layup, and they decide to pass it back out to the three, making it a, a hard per, uh, percentage shot. And also the way that they contort their body in the air. Like, you're not supposed to go into a layup, jump up, and then turn your whole body around to fucking pass it to someone else. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I I'm not I'm don't get me wrong, I'm not a professional basketball player, you know. You know, my my uh career ended uh a couple years ago when I landed <laughs> on my ankle, but like I know that when your body is up in the air, you're not going to be able to, to fucking avatar airbend your way back over and then like you understand what I'm saying? Like no, that's not what you do. Like like I don't understand why we keep doing that. I don't know who practices that in in game. Like, yo, like, I don't know. It just, it's just, ah, it's just such an annoying thing when you see this and you just can go numb. We talked about this a couple uh, podcasts ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, Heat and Six. What the fuck was I thinking? I'm a fucking dumbass believing in this team. Even early in the season when I was like, we're not contenders, I thought at least we were going to be able to make it through the first round. Hopefully, we were going against the Knicks or the Atlanta Hawks. I think we would have did a lot better. But, Going against Giannis, like, and now I honestly didn't have faith. Now I don't even have faith if we were going against um, New York because those motherfuckers are playing hard, you know? 
they're playing legit hard and we just play like shit, you know? So it's just, I don't know. We need to do a lot of stuff next year. I don't expect a lot of people, even Tyler Hero being in this team now. I don't think Kendrick Nunn, I don't think Goran Dodge is going to be here. And if he is, we're not giving him 19 fucking million dollars. And so I'm going to fucking be a Utah fan forever. I'm just kidding. But still, like, it's just we need to do a lot of stuff next season because this season was just honestly garbage. And I'm just glad that we're about to end our season so I can watch something more, <laughs> more exciting than, you know, losing by 30 plus points every fucking game. Anyway, that's it. God damn it. Yeah, I'll just respond. I'll just give you kind of the outside perspective from someone else who's kind of suffered through a little bit of a disappointing season. So I really think, Definitely, like, do I think Miami is as good as the team that was in the bubble last year? I don't. But I think you all have kind of had the seats of hell, and I don't think you're going to get this bad. I expect you to be a higher seed next year for sure. Um, but, like, you had a short off season, right? Like, you're in the finals, and then, like, two months later, you're out playing competitive basketball again. Like, I, I definitely don't think that helped you guys. I think you guys were a little bit worn down from that. Um Obviously, like you had some, you had a. I, I don't really understand like why you guys let Jay Crowder go. I think you miss him. Um, like, because we wanted to get Giannis, and Giannis signed that year. Yeah, but but like the thing, the, the thing is, is, is like the contract Jay Crowder signed wasn't like this big contract. Couldn't you have just flipped him later to like some other team for in, into someone's cap space or something? Like it's not like that was a bad contract that he signed. So that that's definitely. A criticism where, like, even if you were gonna try to get Giannis, I feel like you could have just hedged that and then traded him later. I don't know, but I, I, I'll tell you, I would take him. I would have taken him if that had happened, no question. Um, but anyways, so and, and you were, you know, your complaints about Ariza, like obviously Ariza is not as good as Jay Crowder, so like I don't think that whole thing helped at all. It definitely set a bad tone for the season. Then you have, you know, injury problems, COVID problems. Um, definitely everybody struggled with it, but I definitely think you guys were kind of like we – well, we were really extreme, but you guys were definitely on the, you know, worst end of it. And then um, your tr- big trade deadline – like we have that trade deadline podcast and we're all giving you guys an A for Oladipo, right? Yeah. And then the guy doesn't even play because he's injured. Obviously, I think it still was still worth the risk for you guys to do, but mm-hmm. it didn't end up – working out at all and and now it's like well are you what are you going to do you know are you i, I feel like you oladipo is not going to get much money next year so like there might be an opening for you to keep him on like a one-year deal and see how it goes but um yeah so i you know obviously that didn't work and then it's like you get the bucks but like the bucks the bucks are a lot better eric Bledsoe sucks and drew holiday is very good and drew holiday is playing in that spot now that, that's that's a big deal, and then some of the points you made you made about you know their bench being younger, and um, obviously dudes like Hal Korver can't play defense. Dudes like Dante Divincenzo and Pat Connaughton aren't as bad. So like, um, and I was surprised that the Bucks like were so willing to play you guys, but you know. Giannis is competitive. He was probably like, I want another shot at Miami. And they're they, I don't think they like you guys very much after last year. And so uh, they're kind of getting their revenge. But I'm very surprised. I thought you guys were going to be competitive. I, I said the Bucks were going to win, but I thought it would be in six. And Same. it's looking like four or five. So um, 
you know, it's uh, it's just not Miami's year. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I'm a little more optimistic maybe than you in the sense that, like, I definitely think some of this was fluky on the negative side. And I think, uh, you know, you, you have a decent offseason and get healthy and you can come back next year and maybe be a little bit better. Um, so, yeah. Yep, that makes sense to me. I don't really have too much to add. Other than Milwaukee looks really good. I think they're going to give Brooklyn a, a run for their money. I th- I think they're going to beat Brooklyn. I know that's a little controversial because a lot of people like like Brooklyn a lot, but um, I think Milwaukee. I'm, really- uh, I'm just really looking forward to that series. Um, well, let me just say one thing before. I'm sorry. Like my my biggest thing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, because I know I'm not going to be able to say anything else for the next couple of days after we lose on uh, two days from now. Like my biggest thing was, you know, like Pat Riley, you know. That's the biggest thing. I love Pat Riley. I love my team. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Pat Riley sees that we're, like, one or two pieces away from winning this championship. And we're like, all right, like, hey, let's get Giannis. Like, like I'm sorry. For me, I don't know what's going behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I no one really thought that Giannis was going to go somewhere else. You know, there was always speculations of Toronto, Miami, all these different places. But, you know. You felt that this dude was always a loyal guy, you know, even with that loss, you know. So instead of having, like you said, Jay Crowder for three years, twenty-seven million or something like that, because all Jay Crowder was wanted was the the years. He was just like, I want to be secure, so just put me with those years. Like at the end of the day, that's what you want to do. And he didn't do that. Okay, cool, whatever. Then we're like, okay, get Kyle Lowry. I, me myself, I don't want Kyle Lowry because he's 35, 36 years old. So there's no part, purpose of that, you know. I understand he's a great player, but like we need players that's going to be able to, you know, still legitimately be healthy and still run with players that we have to go against. Like, look at what's going on with Chris Paul right now. He's 35, 36 years old, has always had issues late in the game or late in the season playoffs because of like injuries and stuff like that. So that just piles on. Kyle Lowry, the game, the game or two after. Uh, the trade deadline, he had like a foot injury for like 11 games or some shit like that. So it's just one of those things that, you know, we hopefully we have it this year, but Pat Riley promised Jimmy Butler, like, hey, we're going to do some shit for you. You know, we're going to make sure that you get the team that you need to get so we can make a, a serious run. And last year's run was serious, even though it was like people are saying bubble fluke, and I'm just going to say it now too, fuck it, bubble fluke. Like, it's just now, like, what do we like? I need to know what we're gonna do this year, because like, I would not be surprised. I think this is a year that that uh, Jimmy Butler can extend, but I would be surprised if he does. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense that he would kind of want to see see how things play out, and you know, I and I, I not not saying this case specifically, but I know mostly in the NBA, like contract extensions aren't really a thing that happens. Like, you mostly see. Like, obviously, there's, like, the Supermax extensions and the rookie extensions stuff like that, but mostly players do hit free agency, and then if they want to resign, they'll resign. So he's probably – I suspect he'll probably just wait for free agency. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – like, What yeah, are you I mean, going to do with Tyler? I think that's – right now, we, we still have – If you would take Crowder and not Crowder – this offseason, I would have said, please trade him to us. We'll give you second round pick. 
positive. Like we would want that. That's positive. That's positive. Exactly. I don't get that at all. That was just really dumb. We would we would find some type of way, you know, some type of willing. And again, I understand we got Victor Oladipo for honestly nothing, which I understand. But like, it seemed like Pat Riley didn't even want Victor Oladipo, and the reason why he got Victor Oladipo was because the the mess with uh, Ujiri, you know. And he's like, "All right, well, I'll just pull this trigger now." Like, I understand. I want to. Don't get me wrong. I want a Victor Oladipo, but like, we could have done something. People were talking about Lonzo. People were talking about all these different players. Like now, Tyler Hero has, like, he went from being like you know an A A minus, maybe even B plus trade chip to nobody probably wanting him, or if they do want him, they can probably get him for something so much cheaper now because of it. And then I just saw an article saying. Kendrick Nunn might be asking for fifteen million dollars this year, and uh, Duck Robinson's probably going to ask upwards of twenty million dollars. And I'm like, if Miami go ahead and sign these motherfuckers again, like maybe maybe we can keep Duncan. But like other players, I'm like, yo, like uh, no, like no, absolutely not. I'm be I'm gonna be I'm going to be pissed because we need to uh, change up. I don't want Trevor on this team next year. I don't want anyone except Bam. Udonis Haslam and Jimmy on this team. Like, that's just yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah. So, I guess my thing, and you probably disagree because it's probably more stagnant what you're saying, but my plan would be if Kendrick Nunn's going to get 15, let him walk. Oh, 100%. Try, try to keep Duncan Robinson if at all possible. I, I wouldn't like, because I feel like the time to move Hero would have been like after last year. I don't think now is the time to move Hero. I think it would be selling low. So, I'd probably, unless you get something really good, I would probably keep Hero. Um, I yeah definitely try to keep Duncan Robinson. Um, I try to keep Oladipo just because I don't think he's going to get much money, and I still think if, if he can kind of rehab a little bit, it's it's worth ten million bucks, five million bucks on a one year deal. I don't know what the price would be there, but I would I would not let him. You know you know obviously there's a huge potential payoff there if that works out right. And then I would definitely I agree I would let Ariza go, and I try to use my mid level on a three and D wing, you know, whatever three and D wings there, obviously three and D wings are very coveted and, you know, they could get expensive, but like if there's a three and D wing in that price range, I would try to spend your exception on that. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah. Um, I think, uh, so, so, so let's move on. Um, is there any, uh, any other team, any other series you guys are finding interesting right now that you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm kind of watching all of them. Um, that's good. Our series is not good. Um, the Phillies going to well, probably sweep us. Yeah, Your yeah, series sure. is not good. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, so I guess on your series, um, you know, I would be surprised if, if Westbrook plays. I wouldn't be surprised because a couple of the games, well, game two wasn't really close. Game one was pretty close, you know. It, in Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys steal a game, but I definitely think it's five games tops. And um, yeah, it, it, it's not good. It's kind of what everybody expected, though. And uh, glad to hear that that uh, asshole who dumped popcorn on Westbrook got banned. There's no place for that in arenas, and uh, that, that's fucked up. So yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see if Scott Brooks goes. Everything I've heard so far is that he's. I don't know. Uh, people are being kind of secretive about it which leads me to believe that he is on the hot seat internally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we just, we have 
things like we're um kind of a similar problem to when we had wall like wall and westbrook both get a ton of assists but they're both super ball dominant so i think like actually our our passing numbers as a team are down and, and that's really showing the series like westbrook is just holding the ball too long too late into the shot clock scott brooks doesn't really run sets it seems like um you know, it's easy to hate on Bertans because he had, like, one of the worst games I've ever seen. But um, we don't have any spacing. Like, we need more shooters. Um, Beal is great from mid-range, kind of average from three. Westbrook is solid. Hachimura also. Like, we're, like, we're like a good, like, 90s or 2000s team. <laughs> like, we're very um, mid-range heavy Um yeah, I don't know. We just uh, we 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 need a couple pieces, and we also just need like uh, we have a lot of young guys. Like Thomas Bryant will be back next year. Um, I I'm hoping we can we can keep Gafford. Um, uh, Denny will be back. Maybe uh, use your mid level on like a kind of what like you mentioned this in the chat, like you know a Reggie Bullock type, a stable like three and D wing. You know? Yeah, I think that would do wonders for this team. Um, just a veteran. Three and three and D guy, like you were saying, that's like one of the most coveted things in a in the NBA. But we yeah. we definitely like like yeah, Bertans is has no reason to be as bad as he's been. Um, like he's been, but this this team has no spacing, and we're just out talented, kind of top to bottom. Um, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Really stacks up against. Uh, I think we showed in game one that like the the blueprint is. Just, get under and beat skin and get him in foul trouble early. And then I think things open up. So I'm how like a, a Brooklyn team would do against them. Um, when they have like, like eight, seven feet guys that they can throw yeah. at them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Brooke, I, I, I'm in Milwaukee. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I, I hope we win one, but um, you know, if the, that, you know, um, Beal and Westbrook got got a, a year to sort of gel together, and, and Scott Brooks goes away. <laughs> um, I'll be pretty happy. So, would you want uh, uh, an active coach now, or someone who's just kind of sitting on the wing, or would you want a brand new coach, like never played before? Ah, man, I want. He wants to hire himself. Oh, <laughs> Becky. Said, I want to hire myself, and then I want Becky as the backup. <laughs> okay, Becky Hams. Becky Hams, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really like uh, honestly paid too much attention to like who's who's out there. Um, gotcha. But yeah, um, I I don't think there's anybody like I don't think that there's like an assistant in the wings that's like going to be the next man up for the Wizards head coach. Um, I'm sure we we shop a bunch of internal like and a bunch of people that are like assistant coaches on other teams, and then maybe some college people. Yeah, and, and you guys, the one other thing about you guys is, like, you guys were, you know, you guys obviously much has been made of you had that, you know, you, you were, like, 15 games under 500, and then you came back to get the eighth seed. And a lot's been made of that, but I think we have to remember how you guys got in that spot in the first place. And you guys were pretty much the COVID super spreaders at one point. So, um, you know, I think there's all, and Westbrook was injured and there's just a lot going on with that. I think coming and going into next season, there's definitely, especially if you can upgrade the roster, but there's mm-hmm. definitely, and a coaching change, of course, there's reason for hope that, that you guys can be a better team for sure. Yeah, um, I think, I think we'll be good. I don't think we'll be competing next year, but I think we'll be good next year. Um, I think Westbrook is great. I, I just, 
he's easy to sort of work around in the playoffs if he doesn't have a lot of shooters on his team. Um, I think the roster construction isn't super great for Westbrook right now, but we're, we don't have a lot of flexibility um, to improve that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll mostly run it back. Hopefully get a new coach, see what happens. Hopefully we get a coach that isn't running a three guard set against fucking three, seven footers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to be like a title contender or anything. I was just saying, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all for you guys to be a higher seed. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that assessment. I think that I don't know. There's a best case scenario where we're in that four to six range next year, and I would be yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what not everyone can compete, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty much it. And then on the Philly side, they're kind of just you know playing along, and then they're going to get the next round, and then they're going to be probably heavy favorites to make the conference finals, and we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think either Atlanta or New York could probably put up a better fight than we're going to put up. But um, yeah, I think six tops probably. Philly's good, and I think that the only caliber of team in the East that could compete with their side of the bracket, so they'll see them in the conference finals. Yep. Any other thoughts? That is all. All right. Yep. So, uh. I don't really want to talk about this for too long, I don't think, but um, because there's not much to talk about on the court. But uh, as far as Brooklyn and Fork, yeah, I mean, as far as the Celtics, um, uh, pretty much the only reason to watch at this point is just to see uh, Kyrie get booed out of his, you know, the booze to register on the Richter scale. Um, That's going to be something to watch tonight. Other than that, there's just no reason even. Watching, I would strongly encourage everybody to just watch, watch the other games and then go on Twitter and, and just see the Kyrie introduction. That's probably what I would say. It'll happen throughout the game too, but the introduction will be big. So I, I don't know. There, there's not much to talk about here. Again, we were just screwed by COVID injuries and um, everything else. I'm just kind of uh, mostly looking forward to run it back next year. I've said this. Um, I said this in a solo podcast that I did. The one situation. Um, I'm really looking, watching this offseason is Al Horford. Um, obviously a, a Celtic player for three years. He was great with us. And um, with Oklahoma City, uh, they're going to try to trade him. He's getting away um, to the other part of the season so they can tank. He's probably not going to be back there next year regardless. So, like, if they can't trade him, and he makes a lot of money. So I don't know if teams are going to be, you know, lining up to trade for that contract. There could be a buyout and, like, if we could, if he could get a buyout and sign with us for our mid level, that would be incredible. I don't know how realistic that is. It may not be, but like to, to add someone like that would, I think, salt really help with a lot of what, what we're missing. If he, if he, you know, sides in with, with Time Lord and the rotation with Thompson, like, wow. So, Pete Fournier, um, I like how Fournier called, uh, Gotten Kevin Durant's face and called him a bitch during the first game of the night. Basically, just telling him like what the league actually thinks of him. Um, I think that was positive because um, he needs to hear that. And uh, yeah, keep Kemba unless um, someone is gives you a good offer. Um, you know, obviously his contract isn't the greatest, so like I'm not paying to get off of it. Like I know he's probably not the ideal fit with Brown and Tatum anymore, but like it, paying to get off of it doesn't make sense. It just makes the team worse, and you're giving up assets. So, like, unless, you know, there's some incredible opportunity, and I'm probably sticking with that. Maybe, maybe the next offseason when comes in expiring, you can get more. Um, and, uh, 
again, I, I'd lean toward keeping smart. Um, but again, if you don't, if you think smart's going to cost too much, you don't want to pay him. This is awesome. Look at that. So listen, but probably keep him. I don't know what else. I like what I see from Time Lord. Um, I'm boxing first. Good. Uh, I like Neesmith's potential long term as a three and D guy. He hustles a lot. You know, his shots come along. He can do. He he can kind of get inside too to keep the team honest. Pritchard's been a fine it's backup one card. I think he'll be in that role for a while. Um, Semi usually is terrible and needs to go. Um, well, we, we have like three or four guys at the end of our bench that suck and can't play basketball. Um, yeah, I don't, don't. Oh, and Steve, don't fire Stevens. Um, that that's definitely been something to talk about, and I don't get it at all. It's not his fault. Don't don't let him go. And yeah, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just I, I hope everybody uh I hope everybody boos Kyrie as loud as possible tonight. But uh keep it clean. And if uh anybody's being like racist or anything in your section, go uh talk to arena staff and have them thrown out. Any other thoughts? Nope. I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, I guess uh so obviously last night the Lakers played the Suns. Um this is definitely, I think, one of the series we find probably more interesting um, than, than most um, of, the, of the series. Um, just because of the whole, you know, Lakers coming in, you know, they're obviously not a typical seven seed at all. And, right, they're playing this team in the Suns that had a great regular season as the number two seed. And um, it's kind of sad just because of the whole Chris Paul injury. But I really do. Um, I think the, the Lakers have kind of found their footing here. And I do think the Suns can win another game. But, like, I did say – I did say before the series started, I actually said Lakers in six, but Suns are going to win the first game. And that prediction is kind of looking pretty good right now. So um, I, I guess, do you guys expect the Lakers to just run away with this? Or do you think the Suns can, can come back and make it a series? Uh, I said, I said uh, Suns in seven. Uh, and I still truly believe that. I know there's injury, but I, you know, was hearing that there might be some more, increase of mobility when it comes to uh, his shoulder. Um, also, it was like I said, I, I'm on Twitter all the time now, and I saw, like, Chris Paul was mad as hell saying, like, Scott Foster, every time he plays us, <laughs> I am 0-11 uh, when it comes to to being ref by Scott Last Foster. Last 11 games, yeah, I saw yeah. that too. So it's Scott just like, Foster yeah. is a horrible ref. Scott Foster needs to go. The league needs to fire him. He's been terrible for years. So with that being said, you know, like hopefully it's not game four being Scott Foster. I know there's a lot of issues and, you know, anger, but there's a lot of players on that team that, you know, are going to do well. I think if Steph, not Steph, if uh, Chris Paul can go up to about 80% of what he does and everyone else stays kind of where they were in game one, you know, DeAndre Ayton was doing well the last three games. Um, Cameron Payne, for some reason, he went from the Bulls and being shitty and dancing with Westbrook and OKC to to actually, you know, doing decently. He had 19 points, I think, last game. So just having those type of players, you know, and I know AD was dominant last, I guess, two games, but, like, look, it's – I feel – I feel, and it just might be me, but I feel like AD is very streaky, you know, and I just feel that, you know, they'll they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay, and I think – and I've always thought it was going to be a rough game. 
it doesn't go to game seven without there being a lot of losses, you know. Um, and yeah, I think I think it should be fine. Suns and seven. Shree, what are your thoughts? I like Lakers in five or six. I'm I'm tending to lean lean towards Jake's side here. Um, I think I I I do agree with part of what he said. I think um, some some of the younger players on the Suns are like really impressive to me. Like watching Campaign, who's kind of yeah, just like that dude that used to walk dance with Westbrook pregame. Um, seeing him develop and and sort of become like a really really solid attacker with like a his motor is also really impressive to me um the uh Aiton also has just been amazing this series um really impressed by him um stepping up to 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 the challenge against you know the lakers are a huge tall team um Aiton hasn't backed down at all but i don't know besides that like i think we saw yesterday is kind of like a maybe a turning point where you kind of saw the the younger Suns team start to get really frustrated. Booker had a couple of really reckless um, plays. I think he like shoved Schroeder in midair. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just young. Their first time in the playoffs. Um, Chris Paul, I don't know if he set a good example either. He kind of tripped Schroeder too. Um, I'm sure he's frustrated, but you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I think they're starting to maybe unravel a little bit. Um, um, the Lakers, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're starting to sort of hit that, hit that stride again. Um, I, I don't think AD will drop like 30 and 12 every game, but I think he'll be better than he was in game one. Um, LeBron keeps showing like flashes of, of explosion. So I, I kind of get the sense that he's like saving his ankle for, you know, like later series, <laughs> um, it kind of seems like. Um, I don't know. I, I could I could see it going six or seven still for sure, but I don't know. With game, I mean, game four, I would I would say is a must win for Phoenix on the road, and that's that's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, yeah, I would lean if you make me pick. I would say. Uh, Lakers win game four, Suns win game five, Lakers win game six, um, and just the home teams win. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think LeBron, LeBron kind of really dominated Jay Crowder a couple of times in that game last night, and I think LeBron was kind of having fun with it. And when LeBron starts having fun, that's kind of when you're, you're you're screwed as an opponent. And yeah, to answer your question, Scott, I don't think you can have the same like back to back playoff games. So Scott Foster definitely won't be on there. Uh, in the game four. Um, so what you're saying is he'll be there for game five. <laughs> Every yeah, other game. I mean, obviously the league wants to see, you know, Scott Foster is, you know, obviously someone who has, you know, if refs do rig games, Scott Foster would definitely be at the front of that. Um, and the league, you know, if they're sending out refs to, you know, to kind of, kind of direct that, you know, if they want to see, make sure the Lakers win, they may think about, you know, see that Scott Foster stat and say, Hmm. We could, let's send Scott Foster there. So that might happen again later this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say on this. But what about you guys? Have anything else? No, that's all. No, no. I think I think the Lakers are in pretty good shape. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think you know I, I I do think if the Lakers win this, they're in good shape for. They're really in good shape to get out of the West. Um, with the Clippers losing, so um. And I know, sure, sure, I know you agree with that. So, 
I don't agree with it's because the, the Clippers are losing. I <laughs> I agree that they're in good shape to get out of the West, though. Okay. Yeah. No, we 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 disagreed on the Clippers, but obviously, you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's three series we haven't touched on. If we want to do that real quick, um, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rapid fire it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's kind of rapid fire because I'm gonna go pick up some dinner here in a minute. Um, so Knicks Hawks, I might let you guys carry this one because I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched that much of this series. Um, it seems like there's always been other games on at the same time, and it's just you know, it's just two teams I haven't really been that high on, so I'm just not really in an urgency to check it out. And obviously, this tonight we're playing at the same time. So I probably won't end up seeing that either. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it seems like in game one, Trey really took that game over late, and then in game two, it was kind of about all about the Knicks. Um, and then obviously, again, another fan incident: some loser douchebag spitting on Trey Young. Good riddance. I'm glad you're banned. Bye. Um, yeah. Yeah, What's I mean, going on with all these incidents? Sorry, Gotti. Yeah, it's, it's like, like three great. in the same night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Knicks, Hawks, both mediocre teams. I'm glad that they're able to play each other. They're probably going to go to like Game Seven the way that they're playing with such, uh, I guess, such fight. Um, one team has you know the better offense, other team has the better defense, and I guess we're going to be able to see you know, finally, which one prevails when it comes to it? Is it a better defensive team or a better offensive team? So it's just uh, crazy. You know, I still think Hawks probably going to win it just because they're up by like 17 or 18 at one point of that second or in that second game. And they just lost it because again, that defense just wasn't that great. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I actually like this series. I don't really care who wins on this one because I hate both teams. For both reasons, for reasons like uh, just because Miami, you know, division rivals for Atlanta and also the Knicks back in the 90s. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But yeah, fuck both teams. Yeah, T- I agree seven. with you. I think Atlanta's going to win. Um, but I think it'll go six or seven for sure. I think I think I had six. But uh... yeah, I think I picked the Knicks in seven, and I don't see a good reason to veer away from that. I, I think it's an interesting matchup. Like, like T said, it is kind of that very, very like, like modern basketball, like sh- like crazy three point shooting with the Hawks versus sort of like rugged. Um, I don't know, Derrick Rose leading uh leading the Knicks um, and like good team defense, and it's is kind of interesting to see that like that contrast in styles because I feel like a lot of modern NBA is just like taking turns shooting forty threes, right? Um, I don't know. Like it's interesting. Like Julius Randle has kind of underperformed so far. Um, yeah. But the Knicks have still been competitive. So I I haven't been watching the series as much either. So I don't know if if he's going to step it up or, or not. But it seems like that's like he hasn't really gotten it going yet. Um, home court. It seems like I, I, when I did watch, I was like blown away by how hype Madison Square Garden was, and I was like so happy the fans are back. And then I don't know, fans are ruining it for themselves right now exactly um yeah but yeah i don't know i think it'll be a good series um i'm gonna try to tune in tonight i guess like in eight minutes <laughs> um yeah yeah I, I i i see no reason to go away from my nixon seven i think that's what i picked yeah that's very fair yeah i don't think that the game tonight you know i don't want to rag on um you know atlanta too much but i know when the when the celtics 
I think the Celtics played there in like the 2016 playoffs in the first round, and the crowd was like like you watch the games in it, 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 in Boston and the games in Atlanta. It was just like a completely different crowd environment. Um, so yeah, I can't even say anything because that's what Wizards crowds are like. <laughs> I mean, I did uh, when I yeah when I went to a, I don't want to rag on the Wizards either, but when I went to a Celtics Wizards game a couple of years ago, um, there's an audible "Let's Go Celtics" chant at the end of the game. Oh, I can talk talk at length about why that is, but let's rapid fire these other two and save that for a different podcast. Yeah, yeah that, that's fine. Again, I, I'm not trying to attack any fan base or anything like that. I'm just talking about. What oh, I'm I'll be the first to attack the Wizards fan base. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess the last two series, and this is one of the better ones. I'm surprised we didn't get to this before now. Um, actually, both these have been decent so far. Um, so Portland and uh, Denver played last night. Uh, Denver won in Portland to go up two to one. Um, it, it really seemed like Jokic kind of took that game. Jokic and Austin Rivers in the fourth quarter kind of took that game over last night. I flipped to it at the end of the, um, at the end of the Lakers Suns game and I watched kind of a little bit of the end of it. And so it really seemed like those two guys are really taking the game over. And um, I'm surprised that, you know, after that big game one win for Portland, I, was, I kind of started to doubt my pick a little bit. If I picked Denver at seven, but Denver's really picked it up here. And I think, Game four will definitely be a must-win. Yeah, okay, I'll go. Um, yeah, I picked Denver in seven. Um, I haven't seen anything that's making me feel like that wasn't the pick I want to stick with. I think, again, it's like about the series is a very interesting contrast in styles, too. Like, Denver's front court is really dominant with Jokic and Porter. And obviously, um, Portland's backcourt. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, although yesterday, like, two of the best players were a backcourt guy for for Denver and Austin Rivers, who I think hit four threes in the fourth quarter, and, and um, Nurkic, for, so a frontcourt guy for Portland. Um, Nurkic played really well until he fouled out. So, uh, I don't know. I just think it's, like, a very evenly matched series. Um, the stars have been shining. Um um, the role players have been doing great. Like it's been really fun watching Mello um, become a catch and shoot like connoisseur. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sticking with my pick um, of Denver and seven, but I wouldn't be surprised um, either way. Um, I was just gonna say well, I I'm not surprised either way. Go I was just gonna say I haven't really been watching it uh, just because it's been such a late game. So I like you know catch the highlights the day before. Um, or the day after. Uh, I think, you know, Portland's still going to be able to, you know, squeak it out. Um, I don't think that Austin Rivers is going to do what he did consistently enough. And I think that they're just going to be need at least one or two more people on that uh, Portland team to actually pull this off. Like, Melo's been doing decently. CJ has, like, 20-something. And, you know, Dame's been good this game, but he wasn't good the game before. So, it's just all about consistency and seeing what they can do. That's all I really want to say. Cool. Sounds like we're all stuck into our guns. Damon seven. Yeah, I, I. It's weird because I I kept changing my pick on this one, so I'm just not even gonna. I, I think my original pick was Denver and seven, which I could easily see happening right now. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll stick with that. But I was wavering. It's just this is just a hard one. It really is. Um, so then the last one is. Uh, Memphis and Utah. This one is, you know, 
Memphis won the first game, but it was without Donovan Mitchell, so it's hard to really tell how sustainable that is. Probably not too sustainable. Um, I I think this is going to be Utah ending this in five or six. Um, props to John Morant and the Grizzlies, though. They're definitely fighting their hearts out and, and jaws going off and all, and all that stuff. But I think Utah, Utah is going to win this uh, pretty soon. Yeah, I, I like Utah in, in five or six. Um, uh, I completely agree with what you said. Shaw's been amazing. Um, JV has been really, really impressive. Um, uh, this is kind of my series for like T with the other one, where I just haven't been able to tune in as much. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like anything interesting I'm missing, but I, I am watching the highlights and uh, looking at the box scores and just like, holy shit, Shaw had how many? <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, I've yeah. been watching this one more just because, you know, if I have to stay up for a game, I'll stay up for a game that I want to kind of watch just because of the John Morant and, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell series. Yeah, um, and you I told your second team, so. Yeah, exactly. So when Donovan Mitchell comes back from injury that he hasn't played for over a month and people are like, oh, he might not be able to do it, and he drops fucking 25 points, it's just great to see that, you know, he's actually a good player. I think it's going to be the next three games. So next, what, whatever, how many games? It's going to be five. So <laughs> Utah and five, just because you saw last game, you know, they were doing, uh, Memphis doing great. Uh, Brooks had 23, Valchunas 18, Jaron Jackson 16, Anderson 11. And John Morant has scored 47 points, which he doesn't score 47 points consistently enough. He, yeah, I mean, I think in Golden State, that Golden State game, he scored like thirty something, but like he's not going to be doing that. He doesn't. He didn't do that in in the regular season too often to be scoring that much. And I'm sure that you know one of the top defenses in Utah is going to be able to find some way to to stop him from getting forty seven points. He might get twenty five, but I don't think he's going to get a, a forty seven. Um, Forty-seven and, was, and a loss. That's like the, the Bradley exactly. Beal special. And the, exactly, and the rest of the, this the the bench, you know, they didn't do too hot that game after, and just because they don't really have a lot of depth, they have Melton, Tillman, Allen, and Bain. Which, you know, Bain's a, a decent three-point shooter, but he's not. You know, that's his first year. Allen, he just cracks people's ankles with kicks and shit. And Melton is just a more of a defender more than anything else. So they don't have that. But then they have Clarkson, who's the sixth man of the year. You know, Favors, who used to be a starter in the league. And also Inglis, who was also a starter. But now he's a sixth man who can do a 3 and D. So I think they'll be able to get it uh, fairly easy in the next few games. Yeah, I I, uh, I see you uh, five. with any of that. Um... I'm with you guys. So, any other uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up here? No, let's do it again in a week, and then laugh about how bad our takes this week were. That might. Yeah, sounds good. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what we'll be doing. Um, so <laughs> Clip, all of our Clippers come back. You yeah, heard it here first. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like. I said, I don't think Clippers are going to be. You know, it's not going to be a sweep. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a sweep. Ooh. We'll see. I think it's a possibility. I do. I don't know, man, I don't think. I don't think they'll <laughs> let it be a sweep. I think when you lose two at home, like it's a bad sign. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I guess. But uh, all right, I'll, I'll catch you guys later. Um, if you're listening and you're a Celtics fan, boo your ass off tonight. Okay, <laughs> that's my parting message. Just boo your ass off, please. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of hyped to watch that this, the first five minutes of that game. Yeah, I was gonna say after five minutes is done. Yeah, <laughs> Kyrie's gonna have like 13 points in like four minutes, and then just sit the rest <laughs> of the game because it's a blowout. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more likely because. Because he's he's so soft that it's just more likely he's just going to get rattled by the whole thing. But we'll see. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. <laughs> right. it, it won't matter. It won't matter just because we don't have Jalen. But you know, oh well. Well, I hope right. you get out of watching it what you want to get out of watching it. Wait, are you saying I'm trying to get out of watching it? No, no, I'm saying I, I hope your viewing experience brings you, you know. Joy. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, as long as the boos are loud enough, I'll, I'm, I'm fine with it. All right. All right, All right guys. Well, I'll, uh, I'll get you guys later. All right, y'all. Right. See you. Peace. Peace.